Hello and welcome to another episode of the Corgi Town USA podcast. I'm Candy, owner of Corgi Town USA. In my lap is Chuckles, and with me always is our fearless executive producer co-host. Hi, I'm Catherine, and let's see. Today, Higby is hanging out with me. Everybody's here. Mortimer and Boogs is somewhere. Booger, yeah. yeah. And Chuckles, Chuckles, Mortimer, Hammer, Booger. That's everybody, except for Wigan. He's not here today. The, the non-Corgi and the Corgi committee. That's right. Yeah. Well, I thought we would talk about grooming a little bit. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, we may lose equipment today because Mortimer and Digby, that duo is super surly. Um, and they're really going at it today. Oh so God. we've got some T-Rex action yes. going on. Um, so if we lose equipment, bear with us as we deal with our dogs knocking out equipment and other things. Um, but we thought we would talk about grooming today. Yes, because uh, you could make uh, an entire blanket, uh, pillowcases, and even a <laughs> dust ruffle. Uh, just by Car a, cover? Yeah. Make just, a car cover? Yeah, car cover just by, um, you know, the fur off of one day's worth of combing. Yeah. These guys. Yeah, you could for sure. I mean, I feel like I vacuum it every day. I have to vacuum every other day or it's like it looks like I never yeah, clean. Of course, I have four because I'm a masochist. But <laughs> well, two and and uh, our honorary corgi is a um, is a cattle dog. He sheds as bad. Worse. I never I'll never believe it. Yeah, I'll never yeah, believe anything sheds worse than a corgi. Yeah. I, I, when people tell me that they're like, oh, I have a golden or I'm like, no, yeah. there's no way. No, no not a golden. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I thought we would bring on some groomers. Yeah. Um, I think you groom Digby yourself. I do. Yeah. I, I I groom all mine myself just because um for the most part their coats mine are pretty manageable. I think grooming is always a good thing and an acceptable thing. I just happen to take a couple times a week where we'll do a brush out and then uh, every couple weeks or so I cut nails and that's always a giant production. It's a giant production to do that. Uh, but I thought we would bring on some groomers. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of groomers that are pretty established, and we're going to bring them on and have them tell us about their craft and some of their accomplishments, yeah, uh, one of which that. has a corgi. Ah, so, All right. So let's welcome. We have Sarah Sim and Miranda Knott. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Thank you for, Thank you for having us. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're glad you're here. So if you want to, uh, we'll start with uh, Miranda. Tell us a little bit about uh, your backgrounds, uh, you know, how long you've been grooming. I know you've done some competitions and things. Just one. Um, I did my first grooming competition last month. Um, very nerve-wracking, but I was very happy I did it. Uh, I've been grooming for about geez, nine years at this point. Um, I, I started at Petco, as one does. And I've uh, only moved up from there. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's, and, uh, it's been fun. <laughs> uh, Sarah, you want to tell us a little bit about your background with grooming? Yeah, um, I've been grooming for, oh gosh, a, a total of, I want to say, 10 years. I started um, as a bather at PetSmart when I was fresh out of high school, um, fell in love with it, and then became a groomer. I, I wanted to be a veterinarian, but um, ended up loving grooming instead. It's way more fun. <laughs> so um, I've been a groomer for about 10 years on and off. Um, I've been a canine esthetician for a total of a year now. And it's a lot of fun. I love it. It's like a good mix of science and art with, 
you know, being able to make them look pretty, but then also treat the skin and coat properly. And it's been a lot of fun. I, I love it so much. Can you tell, because I'm curious, and I'm sure some of our audiences, what the difference is between groomer and canine esthetician? Yeah, so a canine esthetician is kind of like our estheticians, where they treat the skin issues. Obviously, there's coat involved as well. Um, so it's about maintaining a healthy coat and skin at the same time. So we'll do therapies like special oils and deep conditioning and, you know, mixing things and and really to any issues. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I really love it. And you can definitely okay. see a big difference after a few treatments. And so can the clients. And I think that that is the most rewarding part is being able to help the dog and see that relief in the yes. client. Like, finally i you know i'm seeing a change so it's it's definitely a lot of fun it's very rewarding that's awesome well thank you for sharing that i learned something already today <laughs> well so i want to ask um this is a Sorry. question no worries this is a dog podcast we have dogs squirming knocking over equipment barking it's you know corgi town usa where the corgis run the town and if they're not corgis they're dogs and we let them run run it too <clears throat> Uh, we want to ask, so uh, for some of our audience that maybe have a new puppy or have a new dog, uh, we like to ask, you know, what age should you begin taking your dog to the groomers? I mean, obviously, when they're puppies, they have to have their rounds of shots before you really take them anywhere and be ready per the vet. But that considered, uh, what age should you start taking them to a groomer? And why is that? If, if you ladies want to pipe in and give us that juicy piece of info. Um, I definitely say, um, usually what I tell people is right after they've gotten all their puppy shots, um, typically once they've had a rabies shot, they're good to go. I really, I definitely recommend bringing them as soon as you possibly can, as soon as it's safe for them to be out and socializing and all that. Um, just not only to build a relationship with their groomer, even if they're just, you know, a short-haired chihuahua or something, it's just good for them to be a more well-rounded dog, go out and do things, build relationships with people, be outside the house. Um, even if it's just, you know, a 30 minute bath with a groomer or a nail trim, just to be out and about and, you know, experience life. <laughs> yeah, it definitely helps them to build that confidence in themselves as well. Um, and it makes it more enjoyable for them. The more you take them, especially when they're puppies, you want to bring them probably that first year, like every, I want to say at least every four weeks just to mm -hmm. keep them comfortable and getting used to everything, especially the tools and the sounds. And it's a whole lot of sensory going on. Mm -hmm. So you want to keep them feeling comfortable and it being familiar, especially to build that bond with the groomer or groomers in that shop. It just, it helps so much. It makes such a difference. We tell all of our clients to bring them in consistently for that first year because it really you'll notice such a difference in that dog okay. versus one that they bring like every let's say like four months you'll notice such a difference that dog every four months will be terrified like it's a whole new experience whereas the dog who comes in consistently and is used to it and has been desensitized to all of the scary noises and everything um they're they're like that i'm ready for this this is my spa day okay let's go <laughs> It's, it's like a whole different dog. So what about if you adopt an older dog? Oh, am I mm -hmm. not wrong? Okay. 
if you adopt <laughs> an older dog, what happens then? How do you bring that older dog in? Oh, there I am. How do you bring an old... When you adopt an older dog, how do you bring an older dog into the groomer? How do you start that training? So, well, go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so for us, we typically, we want to do like a meet and greet. Uh, we'll also give homework, just like we do with puppies. We like to give homework to our pet parents of things that they can work on at home between grooms okay. to kind of help make them more comfortable throughout mm -hmm. the grooming process. Right. Um, so like one of the things is, it sounds silly, but an electric toothbrush. Yep. You turn that oh. on, it mimics clippers and our nail grinders. And it just helps to desensitize them. You rub it all over them. You give them treats. You make it a positive experience. So they're like, okay, this is fine. You know, this isn't yeah. just vibration isn't going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. right. They get used to it and comfortable with it. And we typically tell, you know, our clients, try to work with them every day with it if you can, between grooming or as often as you can. And it just really helps to desensitize. And our older dogs, too. It helps because, I mean, there's definitely dogs, you know, that are in the shelter that people adopt and they haven't had a regular grooming process. And mm -hmm. it's like puppyhood all over again. They're like, what is, what are you throwing me into? This is, again, all of the sensory, it's like sensory overload. So that homework along with, again, even if it's not a puppy, bring it in consistently for a while just to get them used to it. It makes such a difference and helps to build that confidence within your pup. Yeah, and uh, I'd also add on to that that, again, like Sarah said, it's, it's kind of the same as when you're um, kind of teaching a puppy how to be groomed. You know, you don't know that dog's history if they've ever been to a groomer in their life. Um, sometimes what we do is just kind of, we call it, you know, if a dog doesn't fare well the first time, a behavioral rehab. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes we'll have the dog come in if they didn't do so well for their first bath um, and just spend an hour with us, hang out in the salon. Maybe we'll practice the one thing that they really struggled with and then make it a short, good experience. What I'm hearing is as often as, or as early as possible. So mm -hmm. if your puppy or your new dog is ready and you know they're safe to be out in public and mm -hmm. get that process started. Introduce to the groomer, meet and greet, desensitize to that. Right, and and what, what I had asked about, hopefully it got on to, the question got on to, um, <laughs> Is about your older dogs, your dogs that you've adopted at an older age or that you started to decided to start grooming at an older age. And there's homework. And one of the pieces of homework is to take that electric toothbrush and rub it, turn it on and kind of rub it up and down the dog. I'm, I'm guessing you should probably use a different brush than you use for your own teeth. <laughs> and you can use that handle. <laughs> Just you the know, handle. It's up Just to you, here. but. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. It's the noise and the motion, right? <laughs> yeah, the noise absolutely. The sensation, but yeah. To qualify for those that might have questions, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. what what would you say are the benefits of a routine with a trusted groomer? Um, definitely, like I was saying early, earlier, earlier, <laughs> um, just getting them out of the house all the time and just you know doing things with your dog, being active with your dog, so that. Um, can't remember exactly how it was worded, but I saw a post once that said every dog that gets groomed every six months, it's an event. It's an ordeal or a dog that gets groomed every six weeks. It's just a part of their life. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So it just builds a lot of confidence in your dog. And, you know, so 
if something only happens every once in a while, it's it's this big to do, and they don't know, you know, they don't understand that you're just dropping them off for a couple hours, and you didn't just right. abandon them with these strangers and mm-hmm. uh, with all these loud noises and other dogs and other smells. <laughs> but also the um, even if you have a dog that doesn't need haircuts or anything like that every six weeks, or even if they don't really need a bath, or you do it at home. Um, if I had a nickel for every time someone came in and said, there's no way you can do my dog's nails, I can't even do their nails. Um, they do tend to, you know, we do tend to baby our pets a little bit. And, you know, my dogs are probably worse for me for their nails because I'm mom than they are for another groomer. Um, so it's just the attitude you approach it with and, and uh, my babies. And just keeping maintained and comfortable and well-rounded consistency routine yes. those yes. Are things that are good for dogs in general for our pets okay now i have seen on occasion uh, and and i used to work next to a groomer um nail polish on their nails females mm-hmm. female dog. Uh, you know if the male dogs want it, it there's I mean, nothing wrong with that however they identify <laughs> um it, that being said uh it, is that okay for them to have that nail polish on there, especially since they're always like, yung, 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 with yeah. their... <clears throat> Typically the products that you'll see used there are made specifically for dogs uh, with non-toxic okay. ingredients. So okay. mm-hmm. uh, I would not recommend using your regular nail polish yeah, on your dog. Like I have seen people do that. My, my OPI, no, no bueno for my yeah, dog. No. Okay. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> consult with Sarah, the uh, canine esthetician mm-hmm. on yes. what what materials you should be using <laughs> yeah definitely only use pet safe products ones that are for dogs same with shampoos and conditioners you yes. don't want to use your own shampoo and conditioner their ph balance is totally different than ours so it'll throw off any oils anything it'll cause a lot more skin irritation lots of things can go wrong using your own so we highly recommend that you use pet specific products um look into the products that you're using as well because there are a lot of like big box stores that sell kind of crappy products Mm -hmm. okay um, that can also cause skin issues even though it is a pet product right Um, so always look into the quality that you are purchasing for your dog um i would always recommend a hypoallergenic shampoo and conditioner if you're not too sure about your dog's Mm -hmm. skin type Um, Because there are a lot of dogs who have sensitive skin. So it's always a safer option at home if you are bathing at home. Right. Um, So always look for a hypoallergenic. Um, And also a conditioning spray is great too. Um, You always want to use a conditioning spray when you're brushing at home. It prevents Mm -hmm. breakage and helps to hydrate that coat and skin uh, for the longevity. It's it's really good. It's kind of like you think of it as like your own hair and the way you take care of your hair and you know, you use oils and conditioners. You want to do the same for your pets okay. and skin. Okay. Um, definitely, it helps a lot. You'll notice a big difference. Okay. So that I imagine it's kind of like pet food too. Like we don't mm-hmm. typically, we don't want to give our dogs, not that I'm shaming anyone, but we don't recommend yeah. going to the dollar store and getting no. pet treats because there's a, a, you don't know the source of them. Right. Uh, they're, you know, they're less reputable. They're mm-hmm. more ingredients and we prefer mm-hmm. fewer ingredients. I assume it's probably the same with doggy shampoo. Don't buy your yeah. doggy shampoo at the dollar store. Yes. No, yeah. you, get, you get what you pay for. 
Exactly. So strongly agree with that. Just as your own. So definitely look for the higher quality, something that you can afford. And hypoallergenic, you almost can never go wrong with a hypoallergenic. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Hypoallergenic. That's great. So I want to ask this if we're, um, because as, as we were sharing with the audience that um, Kat and I kind of do our own grooming just with our corgis. I, I have four, so I wouldn't be able to keep up with the schedule. We're always at the vet or at the dog or, you know, whatever. So, uh, but if we're going to take our, our dog to a groomer and to your point, start as early as possible and get them comfortable as often as possible. Not that, again, we want to shame anyone, but we talk about like red flags. It's the same when you take your dog anywhere. You know, you want to be sure that the space that they're taking them is safe. Um, when it comes right. to like groomers, uh, I would hate to use the overused red flag, but what questions should we be asking when choosing a groomer? So I would say um, just be as open and honest as possible. You're not going to find a lot of good groomers who are going to shame you because your dog may have a behavioral issue will probably just appreciate you more if um you know mm -hmm. i have <laughs> i had somebody tell me once oh he doesn't bite as their dog was biting my hand like it's i'm not gonna be be upset yeah. with you because your dog bites i might be upset if you insisted they don't because you have some weird shame about it right um you know dogs are dogs and we can work them through it i'm not gonna yeah. think less of you because you know, it's your fault your dog behaves this way. Um, so just be open and honest. Um, I would definitely ask, and it's totally okay to ask what products they use, what kind of treatment they're going to be doing on your dog. Um, a lot of people will ask this, but typically like, you know, nails are included with the bath and everything, um, cleaning ears, all that. So if you're taking your dog in for a full groom, just assume they're getting the works. It's the only thing I would be wary of if you're bringing a dog for the first time is um, your groomer doesn't seem to want to know anything about your dog. Uh, um, okay. They should be asking questions like, you know, if your dog is prone to um, allergies or if there's anything you think they don't particularly like having their ears clean and corgis in particular usually aren't a fan of having their nails done. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty <laughs> typical, there. but um, just kind of everybody's different. Everybody has different energies. There's some dogs that the groomer has done nothing wrong in the salon, but that dog just doesn't like them. You guys just don't vibe together. So they might set them up with a different groomer. It's just, just like people, people have different energies and match yeah. well with um, others, but just kind of try to get a read off your groomer and see if they're the right fit for your dog. But yeah, I'd say other than that, just, just someone who genuinely seems to care um, about your dog in particular and what, you know, kind of quirks and things they have. Okay. I, I've got another question. Obviously, a podcast is evergreen and it, it's here forever. And the question comes to mind because it, Halloween is coming up. Mm -hmm. um, that the the dying of the dog's hair or cats. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a cat person too. <laughs> I have both. So the, the dying of pet hair. Mm -hmm. uh, D-Y-E-I-N-G people out there. Do not send me hate mail. Um, oh, I'm going to send you hate mail. Well, whatever. <laughs> So is it a thing? Is it a, it's a thing. Is it mm -hmm. a safe thing? Absolutely. Um, okay. Actually, I got still here is rocking some, some ombre ears. Um, I love to color my dogs. I've done it for years. I only use um, usually vegetable based dye, but I only use products that are specifically formulated for dogs. Okay. Um, so so again, it's, 
if you can find those out there or have our groomer get them for us. Yeah, I would definitely, well, I've seen some horror stories of people trying it at home and that's why we get a bad rap is because people who use bleach that's made for people on their dogs and horrifically burn their dogs and everybody wants to say, groomers are doing this. No, we're using vegetable coloring. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yes. I, please I don't I ever dogs. use bleach on the dogs. Yes. Yeah. Please no, don't ever. I, I, I barely use, you know, I, I, I should, I've stopped for a little bit for my hair bleaching mm -hmm. it out because I'm usually very bright blue. So yeah. it's really not good for us either. No, it's not. Of it. But, you know, we can use it safely, but not for the dogs. Don't yeah. do it for the dogs. <laughs> I definitely, um, I've had my dogs in color almost constantly the whole time I've had them. I love doing it. Um, they seem to love it. They like to strut around after I, there are dogs who may have a reaction to it. It's generally, um, you know, encouraged to do like right. an allergy test, like a little tiny patch, and see right. how they react. Um, I've never had an issue, no irritated skin, anything like that. My dogs always seem to love it, but, um, yeah, in my experience, there's nothing I've never had an unsafe experience coloring a dog and they see, they do seem to really enjoy the attention. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. That's funny. Are you going to take Digby to the girls and have him do pumpkin orange since he has a mostly <laughs> white coat? I, I might. I might. And then he'll completely match. Uh, and then he'll completely match Star Lord. So uh, my, uh, one of my cats is uh, uh, orange, completely orange. He's a tabby. And Digby, my um, my one of my sons, dog sons, uh, has some orange in him. And when he and when he and Star Lord are like this nose to nose, it is just the funniest thing. So yeah, I may just uh, Star Lord might get mad. Like, are you mocking me? I feel like you're mocking. Me <laughs> Star, right Star Lord yeah. would get mad. Like, I'm pulling this off better. Like, who wore it better? I do. <laughs> all day. All cats day. Cats are a wild card. They're a different story. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the cat. It's me. It's definitely me. Yeah, I wore it. <laughs> well, I wanted this is a little bit of a hot button question, but I do mm -hmm. want to ask. Um, what is it that you wish clients would know? And I ask this again, not to shame anyone or throw mm -hmm. any kind of negative connotation, but a lot of the times, you know, with a mutual respect in any kind of service industry, it's if you're going to the veterinarian or you're going to um, the, uh, the groomer, mm -hmm. it's, you know, that we want to definitely, we want to find the best groomer for our babies because we love them, but also for the groomer, you, you want, you know, to make your lives easier. Mm -hmm. Um, what is it that you wish clients would know? Oh, um, please don't shave your double coated dogs. Yep. It's never, it's not going to help cool them down. Um, it's, it's not going to stop the shedding. They still shed. Um, mm -hmm. they need those guard hairs to protect their skin and the rest of their coat can actually ruin the coat. Uh, we've mm -hmm. seen so many dogs who actually um, develop clipper alopecia, which is mm -hmm. hair loss Ooh. from getting clippered. And there are a lot of groomers who don't know. Um, again, working starting at PetSmart, they didn't inform us of any of this. You know, it's kind of like do your own research kind of yeah. thing. Um, so they would just blindly shave shepherds and, you know, oh, wow. not giving giving proper information to the pet parent of, hey, mm -hmm. this isn't a good idea. We shouldn't do this. Are you sure you want to proceed? Um, it was just kind of like shave them down kind of a situation. Whereas, um, you know, a, again, with the gro a good groomer, looking for a good groomer, you want someone who's knowledgeable and will give you that critique. Hey, this isn't going to be good for your dog's skin and their mm -hmm. coat. I know that you want this, but this is not a good idea. Um, 
yeah, the shaving. Please don't. Um, Furminators as well. They're just, oh, oh really? You're, you're breaking that top. Yeah. And again, starting at PetSmart, they use the, and no shade to PetSmart or PetSmart groomers because there are so many good PetSmart groomers. But the mm. Furminator actually will break the hair. You're getting some of that undercoat out, but you're also breaking the guard hair as well, which mm -hmm. is damaging it. So we recommend rakes and combs and brushes. And of course, do those, you know, with care because you can irritate the skin if you overbrush. But mm -hmm. definitely Furminators aren't, they're, they're not a good, <laughs> a good source yeah, for and, sheds. And you saw that both Candy and I looked at each other and guess what we yeah, have. We've used, yeah, we've <laughs> used them. So do you recommend a just a grooming brush, grooming tool? What, what do you recommend if you don't yeah, recommend so the Furminator? There's um, de-shedding rakes. Mm -hmm. You can get those. And you can just go on Amazon and find de-shedding rakes. Okay. Um, there's, there's so many choices. Just look into them. Um, but, yeah, definitely not the not the Furminator. It's, it's like it's basically a blade on a handle. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, you've, you've educated us today. I, so I do, I have been using, I will no longer be using that no, type of no, tool. No, I, I am texting Eric as soon as we <laughs> Throw it away. Throw away the furniture. Yeah, it's it's kind of criminal the way some of these things are advertised because you know people again, no shade to anyone, but people just don't know better. And yes. the way it's marketed is almost like predatory. It's mm -hmm. yeah, it's not cool. I've I've done Very so convinced. many like rehabs of dogs' coats that have just been ruined by like Furminator every single day. Mm -hmm. Well, I did now. So I will say this before I'd ever used the Furminator, I did clear it with the vet, not a groomer, but the vet mm -hmm. and the vet. What the vet told me was it depends on a couple of things. It's safe to use. And again, we're not um, I'm not advocating because right. I'm not going to use it based on your recommendation anymore. Uh, but the the advice I was given was uh, she said it depends on how often you're doing it. She said I wouldn't do it mm -hmm. any more than once per week because you can irritate the skin okay. and don't push very hard. You basically mm -hmm. she, she and that, so I use it very lightly because she said just rake it across because there is the cut the cutting motion that that mm -hmm. has. Yeah. So I, at least I've been using it that way. I don't just, but she has told me before the vet did that um, our vet said that she's seen some skin irritation and skin lesions yeah. from people just, yeah. and I'm like, why would you take it and, you know, push hard, but thank you for educating yeah, us. Yeah. Thank you for educating. And also in, you know, in, in deference to, to veterinarians and everything, I think it's a lot like, uh, I think it's a lot like us humans when for, for me personally, uh, if I've got to get blood tests, you know, and sometimes mm -hmm. my doctor will walk in and he goes, do you want me to take your blood? I'm like, get out of here now. Like, send <laughs> the phlebotomist because that's all they do all night yeah. and day. And, and I do not want you to attempt to find, they know how to do it, but I don't want you to attempt to find my vein. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the same thing is here. Yes, the vet knows what to do and, and what the safest practice is. And the best practice, as you ladies have just told us, is to just not use that particular product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Spe specialized. Um... Yeah, specialized mm -hmm. knowledge is always is always best. Yeah, yeah like you know, if, if a dog gets hurt yeah. in our yeah, salon or something, God forbid. Like... <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel um, like a vet is kind of like um like our general doctors. You know, they have mm -hmm. a general knowledge of of everything but for more specific things like skin and coat you want to go to a, a pet dermatologist you know or for like grooming you want to you want to 
go to a groomer who has that knowledge. You always, like you said, you want that specialized knowledge. Okay. Knowledge. Certification, testing, uh, associations. Uh, we look for as parents uh, when we take our dogs into the groom and, and our cats, for that matter, for those of you like me who have both. Um, you're saying what, what certifications and kind of things should yes. you look for? Okay. Yeah. And, and are you required or not required to have? So unfortunately, um, grooming at this time is an unregulated industry. Um, and so that's why it's, it's so hard to, you know, not wanting to shame everyone because everybody has to start somewhere and learn their craft. Um, of course. It's, it's, you just got to be really careful about, about who you trust. And, you know, I don't have any certifications yet. I'm currently a master groomer apprentice. Um, but basically all that entails is, you know, you, you know, your breed standards, you know how to deal with skin and coat. I would love to um, get the esthetician certification at some point. I think that's a really cool class and it's just really good to be well-rounded and have that knowledge. Sure. But um, I mean, as far as certifications or anything i think it's awesome you should definitely seek out somebody who has them but unfortunately at this moment in time not a lot of groomers think it's necessary to have that um i've worked for a lot of groomers and granted i didn't work for those shops for very long who told me oh yeah i don't care about that stuff you don't need that which okay. i just there's there's no shame in constantly wanting to learn um and do better for the animals okay. so and be able to educate your clients better Right. And that may be a question that you ask, not specifically audience, not specifically about certifications. They may or may not, but do you read? What do you read? What's How often? Philosophy on what is your Conjecture. philosophy? Yeah. 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 That's a good one. What's your philosophy on, on learning about grooming? Yeah. And like, as far as um, me in particular, I, I seem, I feel like I do a lot better if somebody doesn't just tell me do this, they yeah. say, this is why you should do this. Here's the reason behind it. And here's what happens if you do this and what happens if you don't do this. Um, I really appreciate when people tell, tell me, you know, just because I said so, because I'm the expert. They tell me why. It just, I feel like it builds a lot more trust um, between the groomer and the client specifically. Well, ladies, thank you so much. We're going to let you enjoy the rest of your evening. And we appreciate you so much bringing, uh, bringing this knowledge to us. Yes. And thank, thank you. you for, uh, do you want to introduce, for those listening audience, they both have mm -hmm. some adorable puppies in their laps. Yes. Um, we know that Sarah has, it was a Biggie Smalls, the Corgi, right? <laughs> the Notorious P.U.P. Yep. The Notorious P.U.P. Biggie Smalls, by the way, if I can get uh, Digby here, Biggie Smalls is Digby. Bee's identical twin. I mean, oh. identical. Oh. I wouldn't say identical, but they have a, a very similar snoot. <laughs> oh, it's the snoots. Oh, hey, buddy. Oh, look at that. Look at your twin. <laughs> Digby's not, uh, he, Digby's a little bit more camera shy. Chuckles, his bro farb, on the other hand, is all about the limelight, but uh, oh. Digby's a little bit more camera shy. <laughs> He's like, no paparazzi today, please. Yeah. No paparazzi. <laughs> and Miranda, you want to tell us about your baby there? This is Silfrina. She's a Bedlington Terrier. Um, hi, the bees. She's a she's a retired show dog. But I am, I'm growing her out right now because I'm planning to use her for grooming competitions. So cool. She's an awesome little thing. And then I got this guy over here. He's been napping the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> 
a tough life being a brutal. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank we appreciate you, you uh, coming on to our show, and we yeah. hope that you have a great rest of your night. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, you for having you. us. Thank you Thanks. so much. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So we're going to go throw our Terminator brushes in the car. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and for those using it again, we don't shame. We've been doing it. But I thought that was a really good piece of information that the lady shared with us today yeah. that uh, we should be using um, just a, a, a grooming grooming rake. So yeah, a grooming we'll rake. And th those few moments that I can groom the cats, I, I also have a Terminator and purchased a furminator for the cats a cat that, lets you use the furminator on them the, the, I'm kind of blown away. yeah well you know drugs no um no the cat every once in a while you can get three strokes out of it that being said it's going away yeah it's going away okay well we hope that you enjoyed this episode uh we're here for you every thursday all things corgi and dog lifestyle we hope you've learned a little bit about grooming today and what it's like to uh the important questions to ask to find the right rumor we certainly have yes so we hope you have a wonderful evening from candy cat the entire corgi uh committee yep. chuckles mortimer booger hammer digby and wiggin at home have a great night good night <laughs>